How's it going, Raider Nation? Today is Saturday, May 29th, 2021, and this is the Angry, Ra- Angry Raider podcast. I'm the host, Eric Stasekel, the Angry Raider. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, so today, uh, if you listened to my last episode where I kind of I gave a review of the Raiders offseason, and uh, it wasn't too bad. It wasn't as good as I was hoping it would be, but overall, I think it was a pretty successful offseason for the Raiders. Anyway, so at the end of it, I said that the next one we would be previewing the Raiders and the Chiefs and how they're going to match up, um, how their matchup is looking after free agency and the draft. And so my good buddy Scott Foster, who joined us twice last season to preview the two games between the Raiders and the Chiefs, he agreed to come back. So really look, looking forward to that. So we're just going to take a quick break here and we'll, bring, we'll come right on back here with Scott. All right. All right, Raiders fans. So, hey, thanks a lot for joining us. And as promised, we are here back again with a guy that's been on the show now a couple of times. I think this is his third time. He is the Residence Chiefs fan that, unfortunately, we have to bring on uh, because we don't want to know anything about the Chiefs because, damn it, we don't love our cousins enough. So we uh, we just kind of ignore the Chiefs. But we so we have to bring on the subject matter expert. Uh, thank you very much for joining me, Scott. Scott, you dirty little smelly devil dog. How the hell you doing, man? Yeah, things are going pretty good. Uh, just enjoying the weekend. Uh, it's Memorial Day weekend, uh, so that's always a really good thing. Uh, get, yeah, I get the Monday off and take a little bit of time to remember the troops that have fallen before us. So it's uh, going to be a damn good weekend. Yes, it should be a wonderful weekend. So thanks so much for having me on the show. I appreciate it. It is the third time. So... I'm not sure what that really is going to mean. It's not like the third time's a charm. It's not like it, it gets any better anytime I'm on the show with you. So we'll I'm, just try and grind it through. I don't know, like uh, see how it goes. I guess. I think now I'm like supposed to send you a cake or something. I don't know. Maybe like one of those uh, one of those uh, fruit uh, fruit flower fruit bouquets. You know, these. I think that's what it's supposed to mean. I don't know. I mean, gosh, you know, if it was a date, it would be the time that we're supposed to put out for each other. But, uh, you know, that's just not happening, man. I'm not doing that for you. So, you know, sorry to disappoint you in that way if that's uh, if that's what you're looking forward to. So if you're waiting until the third date, I can tell you're really old-fashioned. <laughs> a, true, a true gentleman in a world where gentlemen no longer exist. So I appreciate the fact that you would wait three dates before you uh, – defiled me so thank you very much <laughs> you know that's what that's what my wife loves about me she says i'm a she says i'm a great gentleman like that that's an absolute lie she never says i'm a gentleman um <laughs> <laughs> oh damn so so damn so the uh this is like the really boring time of the off season uh you know we've already done the draft we've already done for the most part free agency this is kind of a weird year in which there is still some uh free agency going on with like Aaron Rodgers and now Julio Jones and possibly Deshaun Watson. Um, you know, some big trades that may happen with that, but for the most part, everybody has their, has their roster set and is, and is moving on. So kind of a really boring time of football. Uh, but it's at the same time, it's also some of the more fun time to talk because all we can do right now is speculate. There's absolutely no facts. We can create whatever narrative we want and have tons of optimism and hope and like right now, I can I can pretend that the Raiders are going to blow out the Chiefs, you know, forty five to zero both games. So it's it's kind of great that way. Yeah, I mean, if if you're 
still on your medication uh, because they realize that it's not helping you and it's making matters worse and that's the route that you want to go. I mean, it's okay. We'll allow it. Yeah, I gave totally I gave the medication a long time ago, you know. So that's uh, that's the only really really way to keep me going as a Raiders fan is you have to completely lose touch with reality and just uh, let hope spring eternal. And it's easy to do that in when it's May, so it works out pretty good for me. Yeah, yeah, it's not September yet. I mean, once <laughs> once September hits, that's when it all comes crashing down. And then it seems like in October, you're like, wait, hold on. We're actually not that bad. And then November, December come, and you're like, oh, wait, yeah, no, we're, we're that bad again. We're going to miss the playoffs again. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're not going to get 500. October is usually, usually when we start becoming Warriors fans and things like that, you know, so it works out. It works out pretty nicely. You know, right when the Raiders start crashing, it's like, oh, hey, but basketball's here to save us. There we go. So at least they give us, at least they do give us September and October here lately, so... I gotta get. I gotta give him a little respect for that. How's things worked out with the Warriors past few seasons? I don't. I don't pay attention to basketball at all. Seriously, I mean, oh, as somebody's. See, no, see, no, wait, hold on. We'll address that later. You know what? Because I don't care about basketball. <laughs> <laughs> you know, as they say, a, at this point, a ball with no point just has no point. So. Yeah, that um, one kind of that one kind of goes through the head real quick and takes a little bit of time to, yeah. to process. But yeah, it it gets there. It's not all shit right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Wow. That is the wisdom. <laughs> that is some wisdom from high school football coaches that you hear right there. That's exactly what that is. So, but hey, so <clears throat> so it's uh, kind of another weird off season with COVID going on. Um, they didn't even have an NFL draft. Or excuse me, not an NFL draft, an NFL combine, draft combine. Um, not that that matters. I mean, at, if if teams are really going off the combine, then they need to reevaluate how they're scouting players. You know, the combine should more or less just confirm what they already think about them. But um, so overall, for yourself, uh, how do you think the Chiefs' uh, offseason has been going so far? Uh, I love it. Nice. I just, I. I we completely rebuilt our offensive line. Um, I mean, we've got some earth shakers on that offensive line when those big boys get moving. Um, that offensive line is going to be gigantic. I think our smallest guy is 325 pounds, which is Creed Humphrey. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, uh, I, we're going to have Orlando Brown on the left, Baby Zeus, you know, um, Joe Tooney. We brought him in from... New England. I mean, I don't like how much we paid for him, but mm-hmm. whatever. He's been he's been really really good. Uh, I think Creed Humphrey, our rookie center, is going to take over at center. Um, right guard is probably going to be Tardif. I thought that would be Kyle and, Long. Is Kyle Long going to be left guard? No, no, that's going to be Joe. Th- uh, is it Joe Thune or Joe Tooney? I don't, I don't know how you say his last name, but mm-hmm. um, he'll be the left guard. Kyle Long is kind of like a wild card, right? Um, okay. You know, the last few years that he was in this in the NFL, he was pretty injury laden. So he retired for a year. Just so happened that it worked out to be the COVID year, and mm-hmm. then Chiefs were able to coax him out of retirement sign a deal with him but 
LDT is, um, he's pretty expensive. Yeah. And if he comes anywhere near back to like his 2017, 2018 form, there's no reason why he wouldn't be the starting right guard. Okay. Unless, unless our rookie Trey Smith just comes in and demolishes everybody. Okay. Which is a very, very real possibility. I don't know if you've seen his tape, but that kid out of Tennessee is a monster. I, I mean, he's just – I've never seen an offensive lineman pancake a player into the ground and then keep driving their feet. Like, <laughs> he drives people into the earth. <laughs> he's not satisfied with just taking to them, them to the ground and laying on them. No. No, his feet keep driving. I, I just who does that? That's that's like, pretty impressive. Who the hell does that? Dude? I'm not gonna lie, that, that's pretty badass. Uh, I think that happened. Yeah. I think that happened to me a couple of times in high schools. You know, like uh, some bullies and everything that were kind of uh, kind of picking on me. So um, I, but uh, you know, on the other end, I can't really I can't really explain uh, who does that. You know, but uh, that's yeah. that's pretty awesome. Yeah. So he's he's a monster, and then I think Lucas Nying's gonna. Uh, fill out the right tackle. I mean, Nick Bosa and Chase Young know all about him. Uh-huh. They never got a pressure on him when they went up against him. Um, neither one of them got a sack. I mean, this that kid, he has the opportunity to really become an all-pro in just a few seasons if he, right. if he just um, progresses at an average pace, you know. But if, yeah. he, if he excels, if he develops like a superstar or anything like that, I mean, Kansas City fans, I think, will um, be like, hey, we love you, Mitch Schwartz, but we're okay now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nice. You know, because that, uh, yeah, that was kind of one of the big things is that, uh, so, not obviously not everybody watches a whole lot of Chiefs football, uh, you know, but we all got to watch them on the Super Bowl, you know, and during the Super Bowl, it was obvious that their uh, that the offensive line was kind of a weakness of theirs. And granted, uh, Schwartz and Fisher, Eric Fisher, were both out of it, so both the tackles. And Tampa Bay's front seven is really, really good anyway. And so, you know, it was kind of a huge recipe for disaster. And so it was kind of obvious to everybody that that was going to be the huge area of focus there for, for the Chiefs. But, uh, so for those of us that... Um, that uh, you know that don't hate our hate our lives, and so we don't watch a lot of Chiefs football. Um, what what are some things that like a the that like most Chiefs fans that watch the team uh, week in week out that they notice that what their weaknesses are and what uh, what they need to address besides the offensive line, and uh, do you think they did a good job addressing those as well? So for those of you that have been living under a rock and don't enjoy watching a winning team, what's um, that about? Yeah. <laughs> they, the offensive line was a it's been a huge concern for the team for the past two seasons mm-hmm. um, I, I've been screaming that we've been needing to upgrade in our interior offensive line for the past couple seasons and that I, I knew we were going to have to move on from Fisher soon mm-hmm. um, he's, been, he's been a good left tackle good left tackle for a long time I love the guy uh, but just the past couple years, he's been getting beat like a drum. Um, speed and power has yeah. just been crushing him. So Patrick Mahomes made up for all those mistakes. And as we saw in the Super Bowl against a stupidly athletic front seven, I mean, just freakishly athletic front yeah. seven, 
They're damn good. I mean, yeah, they they are. They're damn good. There was nothing that Patrick could do. Um, and I mean, he was dropping dimes too, but our receivers dropped three touchdown passes. Oh yeah, absolutely. And, that, that had to be frustrating. I, I mean, had they caught those? I mean, we're talking about a different game. And I mean, could you imagine if he could have pulled off that victory given those circumstances? Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. It would have been ridiculous. I think a lot of people lose sight of just how well he played. Yeah, especially the one that always comes to mind is that one where he's running away from the, I think it's from uh, Jason Pierre-Paul, and he's literally like diving, and he's parallel with the ground, and he throws a bullet like 35 yards and hits the guy, I want to say it was uh, Michael Hardman, right in the face mask uh, in the end it zone. Was oh, was it? Oh, yeah. It was a, yeah, it was yeah, it was either Clyde Edwards-Alaire or Tyreek Hill. I don't remember which one it was, but it was like, or it was, it could, I don't know if it was McCole Hardman or not. I mean, yeah, either I way, it was a... I, all I know is it broke my heart. Like, <laughs> watching that happen and seeing that play, I have never in my life seen a human being do, literally starts his throwing motion, like you said, when he's parallel to the ground, flying through the air, and zips that football, what seemed to be the equivalent to a 100-mile-an-hour fastball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 35, 40 yards down the field on just a rope. Yeah. Smashes the guy right in the face mask, and the ball drops to the ground. Uh, no, I, I mean, was like, oh, my God. <laughs> I, I, that, that was one of the most impressive throws I've ever seen, and the fact that it – that it hit the guy in the face mask and then dropped. I mean, gosh, I bet Chiefs fans just all over just absolutely furious. It was funny. I remember watching that game, and as the Buccaneers started to pull away, I did probably the most asshole move a uh, football fan can ever do. And that is, they texted their buddies uh, during the super, during the game, you know, to to ask them how how that's going on, which is something that you never do because it's such an asshole move. Because uh, yeah. you're you're just so frustrated, but of course, so of course, I did it to you, you know, to to be that asshole because I am that asshole. Yeah. Um, but I remember, uh, I remember you're obviously very upset about how the game was going, um, and had your own thoughts about uh, about why they were losing. But so now that now that it's a couple of months later, um, like what what do you think? Uh, really attributed to, to the loss. What, what do you, and like most Chiefs fans, do you guys blame the refs? Do you blame the coaching? Do you blame the defense? Uh, what happened there? Well, I know from the night that we spoke, what, what you're referencing. And that night I was pissed at the refs. Yeah. Uh, I mean, everybody that I knew, everybody that I was talking to, all of my friends were like, man, if they just call it both ways, uh, uh-huh. You know, because our receivers were just getting mugged and nobody was throwing a flag on Tampa. And it was it was difficult for all of us to watch. But in reality, there was such an assortment of things that were going on. Why didn't Andy Reid, one of the greatest offensive minds of all time, if not the greatest Mm -hmm. offensive mind of all time in the NFL, didn't even change his game plan? Yeah, so do you, do you think that was Reed? So do you think that was Reed, or do you think that was Mahomes uh, making the calls on the field? No, I think that I think that was a lot of the play calling. Okay. Uh, I think what happened with his son, really, just you know, a couple days yeah. before the Super Bowl, just Absolutely, really yeah. messed him up. I mean, how could it not? 
Yeah, absolutely. I, I and, mean, you know, there's a little local girl in ICU just fighting for her life because your son's a knucklehead. And, you know, we know how much Reed loves his staff and the people that are close to him and his players and everything else like that. It's hard for him to, yeah. to um, you know, tell people when it's like time, like, hey, I got to let you go because you're not getting it together. He thinks that by keeping him around – he can help him that way. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's unfortunate to see two of his sons kind of go down that path where they make terrible choices like that. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, and, you know, a lot of th- I, I couldn't imagine. I, as a father, that would, it would kill me, you know? Like, yeah, absolutely. If my son had done something like that two days before the, you know, one of the biggest days of my, my career and my life, you know, um, because that's how momentous the super bowl really is and man i just i feel for the guy and i feel for i I really feel for coach reed you know what i'm saying like i really feel for coach reed and and i think it played a lot and then i think patrick just got into this mindset of okay let's play hero ball because we completely abandoned the run Mm -hmm. in the first half when hilaire was cutting them up I mean, he was he was averaging like six, seven yards a carry. Yeah. I mean, we could have just kept pounding them on the ground until they made us do something different. But even when we were only down one score, we automatically just abandoned the run. Yeah, it was kind of. I just didn't understand that. It kind of seemed like uh, Tampa Bay was just uh, hoping that you guys would run. It remind, reminds me a lot of I want to see the Super Bowl twenty five, where it was the Buffalo Bills versus the New York Giants. And the Buffalo Bills had that dynamic offense with uh, all those with a, a terrific passing game, and uh, Bill Parcells and um, oh damn, what's his name? I can't think of the goddamn defensive coordinator. He's now the coach of the Patriots, Bill Belichick. Holy shit! So the two Bills, so Bill Parcells was the head coach. Bill Belichick was the d- defensive coordinator, and it was their goal to. Um, have the Buffalo Bills run the ball, and they just dropped back in coverage and um, and just dared them to run it. And so I think um, I think the Buccaneers did something very similar to that, and it it definitely worked out pretty well. But I mean, still, either way, you know, you're looking at uh, went, you went to back to back Super Bowls, and so definitely overall it was a very successful season. And really, if you think about it. As much as I hate to admit this, if you think about it, you know, the Chiefs are a D Ford offsides penalty away and Tom Brady retiring at a normal quarterback age from winning three Super Bowls uh, right in a row. So they're definitely they're definitely the the class of the AFC for they've been the best team in the AFC for the last three years and uh, certainly the best team in the AFC West for the last five years. It's been really impressive what they're what they've done. So well, thank you. Yes, it, it, it has been quite impressive. It's I know how much that pains you to say. But yeah, I mean, yeah, and now you don't have to rub it in. You are sipping <laughs> on a little bit of that reality tea. So yeah, you don't have to rub it in. That's all right, though. <laughs> hey, hey, you remember what you did to me at the Super Bowl? All right, so, all right yeah, yeah, yeah. Shit. <laughs> Eat shit. <laughs> That's true. So, now I will say this. So, this time last year, I was pretty much saying that it's a done deal. The Chiefs are going to win the AFC West. And um, 
it was pretty much just like uh, that they'd have it wrapped up by early December. And sure enough, they did. Uh, and this year, you and I kind of agreed that the Chiefs have about a 75% chance of winning the AFC West. And that's kind of on the low end. But they're, they're not a shoe-in like they were last year. You know, so looking forward to, to the 2021 season, uh, is, there, is there a team like maybe the Chargers or Broncos or even the Raiders? Uh, do you think that either one of them has a legit chance to um, just keep the Chiefs from winning their sixth division title in a row? I, I guess if we just are decimated by injuries. I mean, if we suffer what San Francisco suffered last year, okay. yeah, it's possible. So, um, Kansas depth right now in every position except for linebacker. I mean, across the board on the entire team. Mm-hmm. And they're so well coached. So, even if Patrick Mahomes go down goes down for four or five games. I mean, you know that Reed is going to have a game plan for whoever the backup's going to be, which you know looks like it's going to be Henny again this year. So, um, you know, if Tyree Kill goes down for a few games with this new offensive line, Patrick Mahomes is actually going to have time to let plays develop. And I mean, just let that sink in for defensive coordinators. And then now the true, true threat of a legit run game as well. So nothing, uh, nothing about Justin Herbert, the chargers scaring you. Nothing about Aaron Rodgers possibly joining the Broncos. That's the only thing that scares me that, but see, that's not reality yet. Yeah. So, not yet. Yeah. I mean, and we don't know if it's going to be. Yeah, it's very true. The Packers could tell Rodgers, like, no, screw you. You're playing or you, we're not trading you, you know, yep. plain and simple. You can sit. We don't care. <laughs> you know, they, they could go that route. And they seem like the way that they've treated them so far, they would, it wouldn't put them past. I wouldn't put it past them to do it. Mm-hmm. But the Chargers new offensive coordinator for Justin Herbert after the first season, new head coach, um, they should have a fantastic defense, but they always seem to charger their way out of the, the mix. Just like the Raiders Raider their way out of, everything um you guys don't even have an offensive line anymore i don't even know who you're putting out there so oh yeah you know it's funny everyone keeps talking about the the raiders offensive line and and the problems that they had but really when you look at it um our offensive line had so many injuries last year you know people like oh you lost trent brown like well trent brown played like in five games last season and one of those games was like for three snaps and so no we are not looking to replace trent brown we're looking to replace Trent Brown's backup, which was Sam Young, uh, which Alex Leatherwood will, he's a huge upgrade over Sam Young uh, every, every time. Um, and then on top of that, I mean, Alex Leatherwood was a product of being a part of a really, really, really fantastic offensive line. And you do not get to be the blindside protector in the Nick Saban offense, unless you're a really good tackle. You know that. And he was the blindside protector for both Tua and Mac Jones. He was the right tackle. He was the right tackle for Tua, who's left-handed, and he was the left tackle for Mac Jones. Um, so, I mean, I know people kind of criticize the Raiders. It's really popular to criticize them right now is that they took him a little too high. Uh, it came out a lot of uh, guys like Ben Albright was saying that the uh, that he wasn't going to get out of the first round. But if you look at the tape, Alex Leatherwood is a freaking monster who's going to do really, really well. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear you. Uh, the other one, I mean, we also lost uh, Gabe Jackson. I've seen my Auburn Tigers eat him up a couple times. So, I mean, sure. Um, nah, they absolutely didn't because he went up against Derek Brown as a guard uh, up against the, uh, the Auburn Tigers, and he absolutely shut down Derek Brown. And then he went from guard to, to tackle. And I mean, yeah. that guy, that guy held his own. He's, I mean, he's definitely going to be, he's definitely a rookie, going to have some issues. But I'm telling you, I'm not worried. Of all the problems that I have with the with the Raiders roster, Alex Luther was not one of them. He's he's going to be pretty damn good. I think uh, I think he'd be a better guard. That's my personal opinion. But yeah, um, you're right. He was he was a very very good guard. Left tackle. <laughs> He can he can get out of place quick, and he can struggle with speed, guys. Oh yeah, Big Cat Bryant, Big Cat, Big Cat Bryant really gave him hell. Oh yeah. Um, so I mean, but I mean, in all fairness, Big Cat Bryant really gives everybody hell that he goes up against. So oh yeah, um, I mean, you know, we we drafted a rookie who who has stuff to work on, like every other yeah. team did in the first round, not named the Jacksonville Jaguars or uh, I want to say. Um, there was someone else who was really good, uh, maybe Panesul, but yeah, every, I mean, every rookie has stuff to work on. Everything. And then, oh, Devin Lawrence has a lot to work on. He's gonna, he's gonna have a lot to work on. He's, I think, I think he's. You're the first overall pick in the draft. It's you're not going to a great team, so he's gonna mm-hmm. have to be man. It's gonna be a different ball game for that kid now. Oh yeah, you know, it's he's not a Clemson anymore. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, that's he's yeah. It's an entirely different roster. Mm-hmm. I mean, hey, good for Urban Meyer. We'll see how well he does. Um, we all know his accountability issues with his collegiate programs. Well, in the NFL, when the guys do it, things get a lot worse. So, um, we'll see what happens. I mean, we'll yeah. see what kind of a organization he runs down there i don't have high hopes for what's going to happen down there trevor lawrence is an incredible talent and he could be wasted in just a few short years yeah i I really hope that's not the case i mean i as much as i i mean i don't care if the jaguars win or lose but i really do want trevor lawrence to to succeed so hopefully it goes pretty pretty well for him and he's able to adjust which obviously he has the talent and he has the abilities so um, hopefully, yeah, it all hopefully absolutely. it all comes together. Oh if, if he puts it together, the AFC is so loaded. Yeah, just young, fantastic quarterbacks. It's gonna be, it's gonna be a gauntlet oh, to yeah. go through every year. Yeah, it's it's getting yeah. it's getting pretty crazy. Just uh, how these new quarterbacks are able to come in and be so productive and so efficient so quickly. It's it's uh, it's definitely. A different time whereas you drafted somebody in like 2005 you know 2007 what what time and um it was hit or miss if the first round quarterback was going to be good or not it was you know 50 50 whereas now you know it's just like all these guys coming out uh are are just coming in and playing so well so quickly it's it's really quite quite awesome so, yeah it's pretty cool to see uh, but so you're not too worried about any team in the AFC West, any team in the AFC that you think the could stop the Chiefs from going to uh, the Super Bowl? Um, I mean, again, barring decimating injuries, 
Kansas City got better this year than they were last year. Mm-hmm. They filled every weakness on their team. Um, the additional, the addition of um, Bolton at linebacker next to Gay and Hitchens this year is going to be a very, very serviceable linebacking core of an insanely freakishly athletic linebacking core. I mean, I think I think people forget that Rudy Gay is a 247-pound man that runs a 4-4-2-40. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah. that, guy is, that guy is a freak of nature. Um, you know, if he's learned the playbook in Kansas City, he's going to be our, our three-down linebacker. And that guy, um, you know, cornerback, we're strong. We're, we got a lot of really good young talent. That's all of it's been there with Spags, with the exception of Hughes, who we just brought in from the Vikings. Mm-hmm. Um, all of it's been there in, in, in Spags' system for at least a full year. Now they'll have a proper off season to work as well. Honey Badger's going to get to be the rover again. He's not going to have to play slot near as much this year, probably if at all, um, unless they're just wanting to put him on a specific player that he matches up really well against. Um, but so, so you're not worried about you're not worried about Carson Wentz coming to the Colts to you know the the upgrade that the Cleveland Browns have and how how well their uh, their off season went not nothing like that. I think the Cleveland Browns could be a little bit scary, but the Cleveland Browns to me are just a better version of the Tennessee Titans. That play action gimmick only gets you so far against Kansas City. Like, trying to run the ball against us only gets you so far. Um, it's it's not going to play. Like, you're playing into a bit more of our strengths in these games when Spags can start mixing up his coverages on you and everything else like that. And when Kansas City has proven time again that when they want to shut down the run, they can shut down the run. You know, they, they yeah. can stop it when they want to stop it. So, Cleveland, I, I would say Buffalo if Josh Allen continues to progress would probably be the number one threat to Kansas City right now in the AFC. Um, and then who knows? Who knows yeah. what other team could, could pop up this year, you know? I don't know. I mean, um, the Colts, from top to bottom, the Colts already had one of the best rosters in the NFL. And now they got uh, Frank Reich dealing with Carson Wentz again. Uh, who And they did so well together in uh, Philadelphia. So... I don't know. I think the Colts might might very well surprise a lot of us. But the, I just wonder if Carson Wentz's head can get right now. Well, he's because got as of right now, he's a downgrade from what Philip Rivers even was last year. Like what he just came out of in Philly, and the way he was looking in Philly with his lack of confidence, his his but so decision making. But twenty nineteen Philip Rivers was a downgrade from twenty twenty Philip Rivers. And Frank Reich was able to take Philip Rivers and make him to a whole, uh, much much better, and so I think it's it's I think it's really possible that uh, Carson Wentz is going to come back and he's going to be balling again this year, now that he's got his boy Frank Reich back with him. So I think it I think it'd be really really interesting. If that's the case, and yeah, and Indianapolis has a solid roster. I mean, they built they built a hell of a team there. Mm-hmm. You know, in Indy, they've drafted really well. They've They've made good trades and good decisions, so it does boil down to Carson Wentz. So, yeah, they could be that surprise team, right? Um, obviously, you don't think that they'd be a surprise team. To me, I think that they would be a bit of a surprise team. Yeah. Um, 
So we'll we'll see. I mean, uh, it just it boils it boils down to what Carson Wentz is going to be. But Kansas City has built a really really solid team. Yeah, and they, they still definitely have. have. Oh yeah, and they still have Patrick Mahomes, and they still have Tyreek Hill, and they still have Travis Kelsey. Yeah, <laughs> you know, so absolutely, they still got some, they've got some a they got an absolute gauntlet. Then. They have an absolute gauntlet, yeah. and uh, and like you said, they are very well coached with uh, Eric Bieniemy, uh, Steve Spagnola, and Andy Reid, and even some of their position coaches are are really really good. You know, it's interesting. Uh, I don't know if you caught it. Alex Smith was on with uh, Colin Cowherd. Um, I know a lot of people don't like to watch Colin Cowherd, and I get it. I get why they don't like him, but he did a really good interview with uh, Alex with Alex Smith, and he talked about uh, how Andy Reid on the offensive side of the ball can just go in and coach every position group better than like any position coach in the NFL can. Uh, and that he was the first one to not just point out what Alex Smith has to do better. You know, like, Oh, you, you sailed that pass. You got to put the pass on the, on the mark. He's like, well, yeah, no, duh. Of course you got to do that. But, um, uh, Andy Reid was able to, Andy Reid was able to go, okay, so maybe your feet were too far apart here. Maybe your shoulder, your front shoulder didn't dip far enough. And so he was able to give him that feedback to really help him improve. And so uh, if you haven't watched it yet, it's on YouTube. It's like an 11-minute interview with Alex Smith. It's really, really good. So Alex Smith. I love that guy. He's a class act. Uh, 100%. Uh, great guy. Great guy. And... I was I was really happy for him that he was able to come back after that gruesome leg injury and even get back onto the field. He goes into detail about that. He goes into detail about the um, about how the Chiefs handled drafting Patrick Mahomes and how they communicated with him the entire way and let him know what was going on and what um, and how how much he appreciated that. So overall, it was just an abs- absolute great interview. Uh, Alex Smith, he's yeah. he's def- he's just a great guy. You gotta love him. So. I, I just hope he goes into coaching. I really do. Uh, yeah, he. I, I think he would make a fantastic quarterbacks coach, and then work his way up the ranks, offensive coordinator. And I mean, you know, Reed would take him right under his wing immediately. Yeah, and, I, I uh, agree. One thing about him is that because he doesn't have like all the natural abilities of, of say, like Aaron Rodgers or Patrick Mahomes, he had to learn and figure all this stuff out for himself. Or I mean, obviously, yeah. and be and be coached up. So a lot of times, those are the players that come in wow. and they're able to be the great coaches, not because they're the great players, but because they succeeded in the NFL. You know, without the special, you know, godlike ability that um, of Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, Aaron Rodgers. So it was. Uh, yeah. I think I think you're on something there that he'd be one hell of a coach and yeah. do really really well. And just think about how many systems he went through, too. Oh, all of them. how many different coaches he went through. All of them, yeah. Yeah, he's like, yeah, we don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this this works really, really well. Let's let's, let's incorporate this. Yeah, and... Yeah, guys like that that get those experiences that, uh, you know, like in my own personal professional career, I've worked at companies where the training and the management is absolutely horrid all the way up to the ownership to where you're just like, what am I doing here? Uh-huh. You know, I'm not going to grow here. This is not, this is not good, you know? And then you go to other companies like the company I work with now and it's just, it's a different ball game. You know, uh, yeah. you, you, you have a lot of support. Everybody's there for you. You know, every, um, the ownership is, is, is quality. And plus, so, 
it kind of changes the game whenever you get yourself into a situation where um, you're surrounded by a better ran organization, you know, instability. Yeah, absolutely. And so that's what ended up happening to Alex Smith towards the end of his career. And we all saw how great he was in 2017. Yeah. And it wasn't just, it wasn't just Andy Reid. You know, it's also John Harbaugh who's in his own, or is it Jim Harbaugh? The Harbaugh who caught, who coached him in San Francisco, that yeah. Harbaugh, uh, who's a great coach yeah. himself. And then in Washington, he had Ron Rivera. So, you know, even that is uh, – even that's really, really great for him. So he was not deprived of bad coaching later in his career. Is, is, uh, so I think he'll do really, really well there. Anyway, so heading back to surprise teams. So now i got to bring it up that the surprise team that could hurt the Chiefs, really it could be the Raiders. Um. It'd be, I think it'd be a surprise to a lot of us, probably myself included. But um, honestly, I think the Raiders made a lot of moves this year to and got a lot closer to the Chiefs than people honestly realize. Was there any moves that uh, that they made that that made you take notice? Like, oh shit, that one's happening. Um, or yes, there was one move that the Raiders did in the off season that really made me take notice, and that's when Henry Ruggs thought that he was going to be the fastest player in the NFL. And all you Raiders fans talked all this shit. Oh, he's faster than Tyreek. Oh, he's, he's not even faster than McCall Hardman. So <laughs> shut up. We have two players on our team that are faster than your fastest guy. So quiet down. Raiders. I hate to say this. Um, Henry Ruggs is not our fastest player. <laughs> now, now that that's out of the way. No, uh, I, I don't know. I hate, I, I hate to I hate to say this, but Henry Ruggs is not our fastest player. He's he's our quickest from zero to forty, but he's not our fastest player. Our fastest player is Darren Waller. Okay, well, we have two players that are quicker and faster than both Darren Waller and Henry Ruggs. So there you go. Yeah. All right. So nothing. I mean, Yannick Ngakwe. That doesn't. You know the uh, the great pass rusher Casey Hayward. I'll tell you one thing that you guys. Um, that uh, is really going to help out the Raiders is they, they in the, with the second round, they got Trayvon Morig out of Texas Christian University. Outstanding safety. This guy really has all the tools and all the stuff. And now he's going to the Gus Bradley system. Uh, I think he's going to be an exceptional safety for the Raiders and really help a lot of their problems that they've had in coverage uh, with, uh, with goddamn Eric Harris that they had last year back there. You know, a guy who doesn't even belong to the CFL, let alone the NFL. So... I think uh, I think you might be underestimating them a little bit, but uh, you know we'll definitely see how the season goes. So, do you remember like the Chiefs before Reed showed up? Yeah, during like the Pioli era, and you know Arm Edwards and all a little that bit. great shit. Yeah, yeah, we had like just this ridiculously talented roster, right? uh-huh. uh, especially on defense. Our defense was just stupid good. So, we were like a tough team to beat, but we always, for some reason, whatever it was, quarterback play, coaching, whatever, just couldn't get the job done, right? Mm-hmm. That's kind of where you guys continue to be. Okay. Until you guys get out of that. <laughs> it's, it's hard to say that any of the moves that you guys make are significant enough. Okay. Because we're still coached by the same guys, 
And I don't know what's no, going on. No, we're not. coached by Gus. We got Gus Bradley as the defensive coordinator now. Well, I mean, we'll see how that works out. We'll see. We'll see how well all the talent comes together and everything else like that. I mean, so far it's just been kind of a dysfunctional mess, especially in your secondary uh, on communication, things like that. I mean, don't get me yeah. wrong, man. The Raiders have the capability of training as good as any team in the NFL, and you guys have proven that. Mm-hmm. Right? You guys have proven that you have the ability to come out and, and put together a fantastic game. Yeah. And then for some reason, all hell falls, all, all hell breaks loose and just everything crumbles apart. And it just, and it keeps happening season after mm-hmm. season after season. And so I don't know if it's a mental thing for the Raiders. I don't, I don't know what it is, but coaching changes haven't fixed it. You know, personnel changes haven't fixed it. I would love to see the Raiders and Chiefs have a rivalry like they used to. Mm. I would love to see it be a rivalry because it was fun. Those were nasty games. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, when the Chiefs and the Raiders still get together, we had some good games. We also had a lot of blowouts, you know, and it's been just dominating. Kansas City has dominated the AFC West the past five seasons. Yeah. And right now, they they look primed to do it again because even all the defensive additions that any of these other teams have made, people are really sleeping on the quality of Kansas City's offensive line. Look what mm-hmm. Andy Heck and Andy Reid did with guys that nobody even wants. Yeah. Some of our offensive linemen are still sitting on the free agent market that started in the Super Bowl. And nobody wants them. Like, Andy Heck is going to take these big, gigantic monsters and coach these dudes up so well. I I would be I'd be willing to bet Kansas City has a top five offensive line by the end of the season. Yeah, that can that can definitely be the case. Everything's um, I, I don't think behind a top five offensive line is a nightmare for any team. I yeah. mean, he's a nightmare behind a shitty offensive line. Yeah, that definitely that definitely could be the case. Um, I don't know if there is the offense. I don't I don't know if I'm as optimistic about the offensive line as you are. I mean, I like Orlando Brown Jr., but we can't overlook the fact that he's going from the most run um, run heavy offense to the most pass heavy offense. And so to think that he's just going to be able to be the same uh, tackle. And such very different offenses. I don't know. I think that's asking quite a lot. But I don't know. I mean, it definitely could happen. He could be just to get in. Wasn't he, in the, wasn't he a left tackle on the most pass-heavy collegiate team? Like I mean, one of the most pass-heavy collegiate teams? I mean, are, are we seriously – where, where did he go to school? Oklahoma? Did they play defense Oklahoma? in the Big 12? I didn't, I didn't realize they played defense in the Big 12. Name – I mean, name any name any defensive player from the. The Big Twelve does, Big 12 does shoot out some players, some really high quality defensive players into the NFL. Not very many of them, right? It's not yeah. like any of the teams play great defense, but they have spread out some like really good defensive linemen over the years. Orlando Brown hardly gave up a pressure in college. Yeah, and in college, pass eccentric offense. He's going to be coached up by one of the best offensive line coaches in the entire NFL. Mm-hmm. 
if not the best offensive line coach in the NFL. I think just the work that he's done with our offensive line the past few years proves he's the best offensive line coach in the NFL. And I mean, mm-hmm. and Patrick Mahomes can make up for a world of mistakes from an offensive line. Mm-hmm. Orlando Brown is going to be a monster for the season. People sleep on how freakishly athletic this kid is because he had a poor combine. I go yeah. to the tape. I, I, I'm, I'm like you, man. When I watch the tape and I see a guy out there just manhandling other men, I'm like, yeah, he, he's, he's got what it takes. Like, he's oh, yeah. he's going to be just fine. He's going to get coached up just fine. You know? Yeah, so. I think- like honestly, I mean, I I do really think that he will be very very good uh, for the for the Chiefs, um, but honestly, to it is going to be a little bit different for him. It is going to be a huge adjustment for him to go from run blocking so often to pass blocking so often. So I think he will be able to make that adjustment. It'll probably take a little bit of time, but probably definitely by mid October he'll be right there, uh, all caught up and ready to do it. So uh, I didn't think it'll be. I do think it'll be pretty good. Um, you, you're forgetting that Kansas City came out of the came out of the gates blowing people off the field, running the ball. Yep, and and, and everything else. But when, before Simile went down, remember Kansas City was running the ball down people's throats. You're, you're going to see a lot mm-hmm. more of that this season. Yeah, yeah maybe. is a group of big, big men that move people around. You're going to see a power running game in Kansas City that teams aren't used to. And we're going to let Clyde Edwards-Alaire do what he does very, very well, which is make guys miss in the mm-hmm. second level. You know, he, he didn't get the – every time he had the opportunity to showcase that last season, you could see why we took him at the end of the first round. But our offensive line was just decimated last year. Mm-hmm. If this offensive line is not decimated this year – what makes what makes it easier to pass block when you can run the ball down people's throats, right? Yeah. So they, they, we did it to Houston, we did it to Buffalo. You know, there was there was teams last year that when we could run the ball down their throats, like it set everything else up, and it just completely destroyed their defensive game plan. Mm. You know, teams better be prepared for that this year, and that's exactly what Orlando Brown wants to do too. That's what a lot of these big boys want to do is they want to they want to they want to run the ball down people's throats. They love pass pro because yeah, it gets them off the field quick. But they also like imposing their will. They're imposing their will on the defense. And I mean, we talked about your defensive, your guys' defensive line last year. So if you think that they've upgraded, we'll see how well it works out this year. You know, when Kansas City goes around the ball and stuff like that, because your defensive line played us very well last year. Matter of fact, you guys ate us up pretty good. Yeah, it, it definitely did, and uh, we've certainly gotten better with uh, Yannick Ngakwe and Quentin Jefferson and um, a couple other guys that we brought in. I was really surprised about how well De- uh, Cleveland Farrell did in the defensive tackle against uh, against Kansas City. So, but absolutely, we don't know. We don't know yet how it's all going to go, and this is all just speculation at this point. So it'll be it'll be really interesting to see. But anyway, but uh, yeah. but that's uh that's all the time we have today. So real quick, last uh, last question, Scott. Uh, just take thirty seconds. Uh, do the Raiders have any chance of beating the Chiefs at all in any of the two games that they're going to play this year? Oh yeah, they have a chance. I mean, you guys have speed at the wide receiver wide receiver position and the tight end position. I mean. 
to me, Darren Waller is the second best tight end in the NFL right mm-hmm. now. Um, yeah, I agree with that. Kittle because availability is the best ability in the NFL, and Waller is typically very healthy. So, um, yeah, you guys have a chance. Do I think you guys will this year? No. <laughs> I, I think I think Kansas City, unless Denver picks up Aaron Rodgers, because Denver's got a very talented roster as well, uh, just no quarterback. Um, I see Kansas City possibly running the table, except for I think we have a late game in the season again against L.A. And if we've yeah. already locked up the conference, then, yeah, we might throw away a game or two at the end of the season. Yeah, well, last year, you know, the Raiders were definitely the only team during the regular season to beat the Kansas City Chiefs when they actually wanted to play. Um, and so we quite possibly saved saved the NFL from uh, seeing a team go 19-0. Great job there by the Raiders. But, yeah, again, then they finished 8-8 eight and eight and shit the bed. So, um. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. But, I, I am laughing at your pain. <laughs> But it was, uh, it was great stuff. Well, hey, Scott, uh, thanks a lot for joining us. So we'll uh, catch up with you again. I can't remember which weeks the uh, Raiders and Chiefs play. Uh, but uh, before those games, we'll get together and we'll preview those games. It should be a lot of fun, man. Sounds great. Thanks so much for having me again. Uh, and I hope you guys uh, enjoy the show out there, Raider Nation. Uh, all right, man. Thanks a lot, Scott. Okay, so that wraps things up, and that's the last time I want to talk to Chiefs fans for a really long time. Damn. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I enjoy. I really do enjoy talking to Scott. He's He is definitely a tolerable Chiefs fan, but, I mean, that's, that's a pretty damn low bar, talking about a tolerable Chiefs fan. Anyway, so, but yes, luckily we won't have to have any Chiefs fans on here for a little bit of time, and that'll be... I'll be very, very excited. I'm really looking forward to that. Anyway, as we mentioned earlier, it is Memorial Day weekend, so I hope you all really enjoy Memorial Day weekend. Uh, just whatever whatever it is that you do, take take time out during the day to stop and reflect and think about, and in your own way, commemorate and celebrate the people who who gave the ultimate sacrifice in battle for for America, and not only that, not just not just people for like soldiers, Marines, airmen, and sailors who have died um, in battle, but you know also people who sacrificed so much in so many different ways uh, for for the country to thrive, and for all that that they've done, and for people in your own life who have sacrificed so much so that you can succeed. Uh, so I hope you guys really have a good one. And here's hoping that the Raiders absolutely kick the asses of the Chiefs uh, heading into uh, 2021 season. I don't know if it's going to happen. I'd be actually be really surprised if it does happen. But, hey, what the hell? It could happen. Anyway, hey, guys, once a Raider, always a Raider. Take care, guys. Have fun. <laughs>